This is the After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Hello, Kim McAllister. Hello, John Daly and your tropical shirt looking hey. all aloha. Hey, it's Monday. It's the 8th of January. I like it. February. No, no, January. 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 And it's cold in the North Bay. Frost warnings. Yeah. It's a chilly, chilly. How is it in the city overnight? Uh, Not bad, but I have really nice building heat. Um oh. The steam that is generated. I'm like, I'm like bundled up. I got a sweater in between shows. There's like, I'm like a Whoa. there's a primary boiler for the water, and uh, and then it goes into the heating system. And um, I have a nice even temperature year round, nice. which is nice. I did visit my mom last uh, yesterday for her birthday, and uh, I had to bump her heat up to like 72. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. Once you get to a certain amount of chill outside, you you have to put the 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 uh, what do you call it? Not thermometer. Thermostat. thermostat? You mm-hmm. have to put the thermostat a couple degrees higher than you actually want for it to keep kicking on. But uh, I was just thinking like PG. Happy birthday, PG. John's mom. Yay. Oh, thanks. Um, huge thank you to Stephen G. Who Stephen G. found a $5 super sticker. That oh, was right. cool. It was right at the end of the, or no, it was uh, in the evening on Friday, Friday evening. It was really Sometimes nice. people after come in hours after hours. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good times. Really nice. Yeah, Stephen G., thank you very much. Um, I was looking at, I was trying to see what stories are trending, and it's all sports stories. A lot of people are looking at college football today. It's all that. But Waymo has been a big thing. Waymo is taking to the freeways. You may have heard us mention it. Yeah, I actually qualified for Waymo. I was using Cruise before they imploded Mm -hmm. and uh, got out just in time. And (laughs) I qualified for, um, or they let me in. It's a very exclusive club at Waymo. They let me in on uh, Thanksgiving, and I held off just because of my whole experience with cruise. Um, but then I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it for science. I'm going to do it for the show. So I took my first uh, Waymo ride, and um, I'll edit up the video and share that um, at some point. Um, but it was, at least on initial perception of the differences, uh, I think it is a more solid company. The car is a lot nicer. It's a Jaguar. Okay. Uh, it's bigger. You feel a little more comfy. It drives better. And I think that has a lot to do with Google's algorithms and their ability to program the software. You know, they're experts at software. Better. Do you mean like it's less jerky or it makes yeah, more Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not or... hesitating. It's not making okay. stupid moves. It, okay. uh, except one, pick me up in an alley instead of picking me up on the main street. The San Francisco is difficult, even for, you know, Uber drivers. Um, I would still say I, I felt safer than an Uber driver, but it went into a dead end alley to pick me up. And then it had to drive to the end, realize it, it couldn't turn around and had to back up and then do try to do a three-point turn ended up doing a four-point turn so it was one of those like hurt 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 um <laughs> but i still felt safer than an uber driver like stopping on the corner of a intersection which is illegal sure. but uh, what they do you know they just put their flashers on on the corner and yeah. so i felt safer there's no driver looking down at the phone you know yeah. on the phone talking to somebody you know non-stop um still felt this one felt safe um, a story going on in Richmond right now. Another flaring incident at a. I was going to say, are they releasing chemicals into the environment? Because that's you. when you see Richmond Martinez. Right about noon, the Chevron refinery notified the city of Richmond of a level one incident due to visible flaring out at the refinery. They are investigating the cause. They say no public health risk is underway, um, and no action is required by the community. But I think the ha- cause is refining oil. 
That's right. They've got a hazmat team out there monitoring. Uh, the Bay Area Air Quality Management District has issued four notices of violation to Chevron connected to flaring out at that refinery. Three of them were for visible emissions, one for a public nuisance. And yet again, here we go with another flaring incident at uh, Chevron. Yeah. And, um, you know, their official slogan is human energy. Chevron pro- presides, <laughs> uh, provides human energy. So I don't know if that means it's made out of people. Um, or it's made out of dinosaurs, really. But they say they're leaders in energy because they value responsibility, trust, and integrity. Well, I don't know. If I'm living next door to that refinery in Richmond, I don't know how trustworthy I am. If I look and I don't up think I care I... if it's a visible uh, release. Yeah. Because I'd be concerned about the non-visible releases as well, mm-hmm. wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you see the story in SFGate about Elon Musk's drug use? No. Mm, apparently, the board of Tesla is trying to decide what, if anything, they're going to do about it. And here's this all stems from this wall street journal article describing Musk's history of recreational drug use and ongoing consumption of ketamine in the latest line of tests. Yeah. um, It's uh, it's, it's not cool. They they're saying we need to have a plan for succession at Tesla uh, because of his ongoing drug use. Cue the theme music. Happens, I guess so. Succession music. Um, they say he is distracted by his commitments to his other companies. His chaotic takeover takeover of Twitter uh, last year or two years it's ago. It's called X. <laughs> As an ecstasy. That's right. Um, and so, yeah, Tesla is losing six hundred seventy-two billion in market capitalization or did lose it uh, the year of tw- the Twitter takeover of 2022. But now they're worried about his drug use. His, um, this report in the Wall Street Journal says Musk has used LSD, cocaine, ecstasy, psychedelic mushrooms, often at oh, pri- private parties, isn't even the Tesla's board's first brush with drug-related issues. Weeks after the New York Times reported in a 2018 that directors had expressed concern about Musk's use of Ambien, he apparently puffed a blunt containing marijuana on comedian Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. So he's kind of making fun of them. But James is saying the board directors had yeah. to do an intervention. Did I mention that? Yeah. No, it didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. Something I used to partake in Gene Burns Ambien. He was my dealer for Ambien because I didn't have a prescription. <laughs> I I knew someone who took an Ambien and it really messed with them. Like they they went outside at night and had kind of this crazy reaction to it where they weren't in their right mind. I didn't have that reaction. You know, they say like you wake up and you're like cooking an omelet. Um, I didn't have that kind of reaction, but it did. You feel really woozy. You fall asleep. And then when you wake up in the morning, it's just like warm and fuzzy, like very nice feeling. Oh. Um, I I think that's a normal reaction. And uh, I tried the generic. I eventually got a prescription for a generic. It wasn't the same. It wasn't the the Gene no. Burns, you know, the Primo. Oh. Stuff. <laughs> the Primo stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trading Ambien over there. All right. <laughs> well, let's um, move on to our animals because we have some aggressive feral peacocks in the news that are terrorizing a Houston, Texas neighborhood. <laughs> no. Oh. Feral peacocks. Who knew? This is a private flock of peacocks has grown into the hundreds and they're roaming around this neighborhood in Texas. People there say they have to be on the lookout for these aggressive feral peacocks that are just dominating 
I'm going, <laughs> I'm going back, to, back Texas. to Texas. They're dominating this area of Texas. Uh, they're commonly referred to as peafowl. They've been stalking around the neighborhood of Heathwood for decades, but their numbers have grown and that is leading to more problems. People say, I saw seven of them smashing into a car the other day. They tear up roofs. They break windows. One even chased a group of children. They attack Smash pets. it. With Smash your, it with your peacock feather. With your peacocks. Yeah. They attack pets. They attack people. Uh, they can cause damage to property like vehicles and homes. They hide in trees. They'll hide on the roof of your house. They screech the whole time. Guns don't hurt people. Peacocks hurt people. I guess so. I think peacocks are beautiful. I have a um, a long lost relative that owns Who's the a peacock. Yes, she has peacocks on her farm. Oh. It's actually the McAllister farm that is more than 100 years old. It's in the Stone McAllister County, Estate. Arkansas. Uh -huh. And apparently that's... It sounded fancy my, until you said Arkansas. At one, I think it's like my fourth great-grandfather founded the farm. And it's one of the oldest farms in Arkansas, or it's on their list of, you know farms that are more than 100 years old anyway she posts pictures all the time of her peacocks that she has out on the farm they look beautiful and peaceful and she loves them but i guess if there's hundreds of them they can be they make a lot of noise yeah they are loud they're kind of full that. of themselves too yeah um no one is caring for these peacocks so the birds are caring for themselves and they are apparently going crazy in texas oh, sometimes they show up at the golden globes maybe it's just texas Yeehaw! Mm -hmm. I don't have any uh, Texas sound effects, do I have? No, I just right. have. <laughs> <that> works. <laughs> Let's move to better news, though. Let's talk about these two. <gasps> oh my gosh, two sloth bear cubs! Yeah, a Florida zoo announced the birth of two baby sloth bears, the first members of their species to be born at a zoo since 1998. This was Zoo Miami. They announced Friday that the four-year-old first-time mother. I thought I was going to say ketamine, Kemati, Kemati, <laughs> not ketamine, Kemati, who came to the facility from the Philadelphia Zoo in 2021, gave birth to the first cub in a secluded area behind her public habitat at 4 a.m. Sounds good. On December 4th, and the second cub followed at 9.30 in the morning. Um, the cubs, which are female, were fathered by 11-year-old Hank. Shout out to Hank. And they also mark his first surviving cubs according to the zoo. The wow. sloth bears native to the Indian subcontinent are the first to be born at a zoo or at Zoo Miami since 1998. Kemati will remain off exhibit, secluded in her den with her cubs to help ensure that they're able to continue to establish a strong bond with minimal interruptions or distractions. The mother is demonstrating excellent maternal care and the hope is to introduce moms, uh, mom and cubs onto their outdoor habitat as soon as the staff is confident that they'll be able to safely navigate the area Officials said that it could st still be several weeks before the Cubs are ready to go public. They're yeah. so cute and little. Check those guys out. Well, they're cute look, now. I don't know what they're like later well, on. Look at but... those claws. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's all fun and games until you end up in the back of a squad car. Whoop, whoop. Even if you're an animal. Look at that. Uh-oh. Yep, this is an owl that had a Who? bit of a, a run-in with a pickup truck. Who? And then <laughs> ended up in the back of an Oregon recruit deputy's patrol car. The Clackamas County Sheriff's Office saying in a Facebook post, a recruit deputy ended up coming to the assistance of a tow truck driver whose vehicle had an unexpected encounter with an owl. The Sheriff's Office shared a picture of the owl taking a ride to the local animal hospital in the back seat of the patrol vehicle. There he is. They say, we wish this feathered patient a swift and smooth recovery. 
oh, sad, but I'm glad that people helped him. So that's nice. No booking photo? No booking photo. Just that's it. Just the uh, the backseat of the squad car photo. You know, Very cool. It was a rough night for that owl. Uh, this next uh, story uh, yeah. comes out of Southern California. Unusual type of algae is coming close to shore in California, leading to a phenomenon known as bioluminescent Ooh, or glowing waves. Beautiful. Visitors to Orange County beaches this week were reported spotting the glowing video. I'm sorry, the glowing blue waves in multiple locations on video. And uh, charter boat services have been offering special after dark tours of the illuminated waters. The phenomenon is caused by an algae known as, okay, let's try this, John. Link. Lingolodium polydra, polydra, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, which is known for its bioluminescence or natural glowing when it reacts to being moved by uh, by the water. So we have video here out of uh, ABC Seven in LA. Let's check this. Okay. Take a look at some bioluminescence waves caught last night in Long Beach. Oh, so amazing to see. The video was taken in Belmont Shore. Bioluminescence is a chemical reaction usually seen in marine organisms that cause light to emit from them. When the organisms are moved by waves or other action, the light becomes visible. Sometimes the organisms give off the light to distract predators like dolphins. Perhaps there's some beautiful. way to get the light inside the body. Oh, wow. Perhaps through injection or some other way. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that's the it's... quote of the presidential term. Mm. Like if you had to pick one quote for like most ridiculous. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, what I think is interesting about that bioluminescence is it's the same algae that is the red bloom, I think, isn't it? Yeah. During the it, day. It's Yeah, during the day. It yeah, it doesn't look so hot in the day. It's like red, red brown. Red and brown. Yeah, but during at night when it's mixed up by the waves yeah. and the, and then it's, it's this glowing blue. So during the day, it kind of looks like blood. And at right. night, it looks like CSI. Right. <laughs> totally. I love it. <laughs> Something's going really on in cool. the water. Probably the dolphins. Um, let's talk about the world of color. The because, world of color. yeah, it's coming back. The world of color Ooh. one. That kind of looks like bioluminescence. Totally. Light. It's lights, though. The other one is all natural. But this is still pretty cool. Disney's world of color one returns to the California Adventure Park oh, starting boy. January 19th. Woohoo! They are debuting this during the Disney 100 celebration. It's the first Disneyland Resort nighttime spectacular to feature characters and music from Walt Disney Animation Studios, Pixar Animation Studios, The Avengers, and Star Wars, all in the same production. Want to celebrate 100 years? Give me $100. One, more than that. <laughs> <laughs> World of Color One tells the story of how a single action like a drop of water creates a ripple that can grow into a wave of change. So, um, kind of, the, uh, you know, before this, though, before the World of Color One begins, they have a new water show called Hurry Home, a Lunar New Year celebration. So they'll show that first, the Lunar New Year, and then they show the World of Color One. So this is all going on from January 23rd to uh, February 18th, the Lunar New Year thing as Wait, well. The first show is called Hurry Home. Are they trying to like uh, get more capacity in the park? What, they want people to leave? So. Get out. <laughs> Got to make more room in here. Yeah. Pretty cool. These these nighttime shows at Disneyland and the California Adventure Park, they they really can be the highlight when you all gather around and and everyone's kind of ooing and aahing at, at all the lights and the spec 
the spectacular nature of it all. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, they want to give you a little bit of wonder so you don't feel bad about the ticket prices. Um, Speaking of money, Mickey's money, YouTube has demonetized the public domain Steamboat Willie video after a copyright claim. Wait, what? Yeah, it's supposed to be in the public domain, right? A one-off mistake or a sign of copyright battles to come over Mickey Mouse. We can relate with this old demonetized thing. We recently got demonetized for the Girl Scout uh, cookie deodorant uh, segment. (sighs) That we broke out. Um, they did review it on the field, and they came back and mon- remonetized <laughs> us. But then we had another. What was the other one uh, recently? There was one that was uh, oh the um, resetting virginity. Me. Yeah, yeah. We had a clip of you know the whole resetting virginity, and they right. demonetized that and said that advertisers don't want to sponsor that. So mm. violence is okay. Uh, sexuality is not. No. Um, <laughs> so uh, neither is Steamboat Willie. No. Now there's been an update to this story before I tell you. On Friday, Disney retracted the copyright claim on YouTube. Um, so it, it seems like this is just kind of like a bureaucratic thing with YouTube. But um, if you're planning to utilize new public domain uh, works, including Mickey Mouse, well, you got to pay attention. On Thursday, voice actor and YouTuber Brock Baker uploaded a new video titled Steamboat Willie Brock's Dub to his YouTube channel with more than 1 million subscribers subscribers um the video contains the entirety of the 1928 disney animated short steamboat willie with baker providing his own comedic voiceovers and sound effects uh, throughout the less than eight minute long cartoon according to baker shortly after uploading the clue club clip i can do it clip uh, youtube demonetized <laughs> don't, don't upload the clip uh youtube demonetized the video evidently on behalf of the erstwhile copyright owner disney um baker also shared a screenshot but so now there's been an update that uh uh, that it has been retracted, but this just goes to show like how the copyright world and the YouTube world, it's, it's just a constant battle of, um, who's going to get the money. Who's going to get the money, Kim. My money's on Disney. They're always going to get the money. My money is oh, on the makers it, of my money. Is on, my money's on Cindy. Oh yeah. Cindy's money is on top of Ozempic right now. Cindy, $5. Thank you. Thank you. Cindy, thank you. We appreciate that very much. So thank you. For thank you, Cindy. Yeah, Ozempic, you know, these things are Ozempic and there's another one, uh, Wagovi or yeah, Wagovi. And then there's another one called Mountjaro. And these are these new weight loss drugs. Sounds like uh, mountains to climb in Africa. Mountains to climb indeed. It's it's kind of this quick fix, right? They're, They're supposed to be prescribed to people that have type 2 diabetes or that need to get their, you know, blood sugar in check, whatnot diabetes but now people have realized oh this is a way to lose weight fast so even if you don't have type 2 diabetes you might be thinking oh well take this and i won't have to worry about like oprah yeah like oprah Oprah pretty thin last night well apparently you know you take these medicines and they come with maybe some issues and maybe not for everyone but some people have noted side effects like hair loss and suicidal Mm. thoughts the U.S. Food and Drug Administration is now evaluating reports of this. Um, and again, they're supposed to treat diabetes and weight loss. Uh, Ozempic, Reblesis, Wagovi, um, also branded as Saxenda and Victoza, uh, Terzapatide, branded as Mounjaro and Zepound. They mimic this hormone made naturally in the body. The role it's pretty of the sad hormone... that I know 80% of those names. Do you really? Thanks wow. to the ads. The, the body, the hormone in the body is supposed to slow the passage of food through the stomach. 
Okay, that's the whole point yeah. of it. But the um, the feds received, the FDA received reports of hair loss, aspiration, um, accidentally breathing in things like food or liquid, suicidal ideation for people using this medication. So the appearance of the drug on this list doesn't mean the FDA has concluded the drug has this listed risk. It means that they have identified potential safety issues. It doesn't mean the FDA has identified a causal relationship between the drug and the listed risk. So they're, they're right now investigating whether or not this is the case. But kind of scary. You know, you think, I'll just take this for an easy, quick fix and then yeah. find out. That I mean, it might be the solution for people who are just like so overweight, like so obese that they right. practically speaking, it's not mm -hmm. you need you need something to get them back on track. It's not, they're not going to just eating well. It's not going to it's going to take way too long to get them uh, healthy. I'm also reading here from UC Davis. They say it works on two ways. So the way that you were mentioning, it slows dig digestion, but it also mm -hmm mimics a naturally occurring hormone so as the hormone levels rise the molecules go to your brain telling you you're full yeah appetite, so if, you know sure. if it's a if it's like a brain disorder like a you know the, something wrong with your brain telling you that you're hungry when you're not really um or you shouldn't be then you know oh maybe. karen d has an idea she says that the um hair loss is due to not eating enough protein when you're on these drugs maybe i don't know i mean i think the uh the fda still has to investigate whether that's the case or not if that's the case then you could i mean you could um take protein shakes. Lori says as more people use them, more side effects right. will be reported. So you're going to have in effect yeah. a, a large study. Yeah. Right? As more people try it out. Um, I don't know. Besides celebrities. I, just, I just feel like, you know, we think these things are quick fixes and then we realize, Oh, wait a minute, you could lose your hair and, you know, become so depressed that you could think about, you know, doing some, some harm to yourself. And that's, I mean, and then I've heard other people say, well, when the when these drugs are stopped, people tend to gain the weight they lost plus some. Right. So, I mean, you I have don't have the discipline. We want this pill or this shot that's a quick fix. And is it worth it with the, if, with it gets the risk? You on the if you are dedicated to losing weight and it helps, uh, you know, get you back to that point mm -hmm. faster and then you can and then do it the natural way, then I'm all mm -hmm. for that. But if you're just going to use it as an easy way out, it's probably not going to be healthy. Um I want to say Katie says uh, the list of side effects can be terrifying in these ads. Yeah. I don't think pharma cares. And I hate that phrase. Tell your doctor. Yeah. I love the one where a new <laughs> medication comes out and then they say, tell your doctor if you're allergic yeah. to this medication. As how, if you would know. how are you supposed to know? <laughs> well, we'll find out when I take it. I well, guess. doctor, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I'm allergic to Ozempic. Uh, Doesn't even make um, sense. Yeah, Miss Organic talking about how some medicines make you make you crave food. It's true. I think when they mess with your hormones, certain things happen, you know? Right. And, yeah, I don't know. Speaking of uh, hormones and uh, medical technology, yeah. revolutionary nanodrones target and eliminate cancer cells. Out of I South like Korea, it. South Korean researchers from the Ulsan Institute of Science and Technology... That was easy to pronounce. Mm. Um, have, they've developed a cutting-edge method to treat cancer using tiny specialized devices called nanodrones. These revolutionary nanodrones are engineered to specifically target and destroy cancer cells. I like this. To understand this, we first need to know about natural killer cells. NK cells are a type of white blood cell that play a vital role in defending your body against cancer. Scientists have long aimed to use these cells in cancer treatment. This team's breakthrough named... Okay, this is where they're going to mess me up. N-K-E-N-D-S. That's a horrible name. Hmm. N-K cell engaging nanodrones. That's better. 
utilizes a kind of nanoparticle known as an AALS protein cage to accomplish the goal. These NKENDS are, we, we need to come up with a better name, South Korea, like Samsung or something, you know, something catcher, are special because they have two types of ligands, molecules that bind to other molecules attached to their surface. One type is designed to target cancer cells, and the other is to attract the NK cells. This attachment is done through a process called spy catcher spy tag protein ligation. The team has created two versions of the nanodrones. I'm going to skip all these names, which are tailored to attach to a specific type of cancer cells. Skip over all the sciencey sciencey. What's remarkable about this development is its ability to activate human NK cells to attack and destroy cancer cells in a lab setting in vitro. In experiments with mice that had uh, tumors, uh, they used uh, they used uh, the, the, the nanodrones used along with human peripheral blood mononuclear cells, a type of blood cell, were able to significantly slow down tumor growth. This oh. was achieved by helping uh, activated human NK cells to penetrate and act on the tumor sites without causing noticeable side effects. So they're kind of like, um, they're calling for backup, right? Where's so this, this study is, out of? This is out of South Korea. So okay. as soon as they come up with a better name for the technology, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it marketed. Um, the study was published in the journal Nano Today, which I know that you're big on. No, I like the Nano Today. Yeah. So yeah. I wait for that in the mailbox every week. So look forward to that as soon as they come up with a better name. Talk about aliens. Aliens, aliens coming to Earth, extraterrestrial type aliens. Yeah. Ooh, tell Lex me more. Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, <clears> tell me is less. At the leading edge of this. They sent a tourism ad to extra extraterrestrials with a DIY Wait, laser rig. Mm -hmm. The city hopes any potential aliens in what's called the Trappist One system will learn bourbon, horses, and bluegrass are worth the 40 light year journey, even though the message might not survive the trip. Hmm. And they really took it seriously. They went and they talked to SETI researchers about how to um, assemble this ad, including linguistics, philosophy, and design to attract a unique target audience, extraterrestrial life forms, to try to get any extraterrestrials living in the Trappist-1 system to come visit Lexington, Kentucky. This Trappist-1 is the most studied planetary system outside of our own. Um, there are seven rocky planets orbiting a small red dwarf star. And they have a Goldilocks zone, which astrobiologists think could be conducive to supporting life. So you can see here, they're, um, they're advertising. They've got the prime numbers, water and ethanol. So that's, you know, to tell them that we have the whiskey. Uh, horses and a human, so they know the difference. Uh, Why are there it, two horses? <laughs> just because it's got to make it equal. So it's a planet dominated by horses. Got it. Right. Uh, bluegrass of the landscape and visit Lexington, Kentucky. They want people to come. They say many previous transmissions have employed the language of mathematics for communication, and they say our team did too, but we decided extraterrestrials might be more interested in things unique to planet Earth than universal truths like mathematics. So if we seek to attract visitors, it would be best to send them something interesting and uniquely Earth. And that's Calvin why... says, from those pictures, won't the aliens think that that's their dinner menu? Yeah. Eat up. Yum yum. Um, yeah. 
Do you think they're going to go like millions or billions of light years to go to Lexington, Kentucky? I don't think. Would you I mean, go thousands of miles to go to Lexington, Kentucky? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a very programmer looking grid, this thing. If I'm an extraterrestrial, I don't know if I'm attracted to this. I want colors and pictures. and. Are you an extraterrestrial? No, I'm not. Are you presuming to know their tastes? <laughs> I knew I there am. was something weird I'm about I'm anthropomorphizing you, there. I knew there yeah. was something weird about you, Kim. Mm-hmm. She's an alien. Yeah, that's They're right. like, do you deliver? Do you have shipping on your on your bourbon? So do you think that the extraterrestrials, because of this, will make their first stop in Lexington, Kentucky? No, because they're going to think they, that they're a little special. If they do, then I would say, you know, and they mean they don't mean us well right? They mean us yeah. harm. Then Lexington, Kentucky is the first to go. That's kind of taking quite a chance there. Like if they're uh, offended. Didn't we send out like Voyager and Voyager had like the, you know, the music and the, yeah. you know, human artifacts on it. Didn't, I think it we on, sent out some type of commercial into the stratosphere. No, it was like on a golden, it was like on a golden disc. It's a golden oh. record, oh. you know, and it has like images and whatnot. Yeah, that was that's Voyager. That's fancy. All right. Yeah. So I think that's going to get to them first. I'm okay. just saying. Well, good. Yeah. I don't think they thought this one through. Um, I mean, it's a good PR stunt. I'll give them that. Yeah. Uh, they might have been high. But if they are high, then they'll <laughs> love this next story. Nicely done. Food and music at your cannabis cafe. This California lawmaker wants to make it happen. If at first you don't succeed, try again. That's what San Francisco's Assembly member Matt Haney is doing with the uh, bill uh, to legalize Amsterdam-style cannabis cafes. A measure vetoed. What's that? From the waist up. Are they naked? No, it's like a brown long sleeve shirt. Oh, okay. Oh, it looks naked to me. You might want to get your eyes checked. Oh. Um, the Amsterdam Cafe bill, uh, this measure vetoed by uh, Governor Gavin Newsom. The new bill, AB 1775, would legalize California businesses where customers can enjoy food, non-alcoholic beverages, and entertainment with their cannabis. What's wrong with that? It's just like last year's iteration of the bill. It's like a controlled environment. So I think mm -hmm. that would be more responsible than like, you know, kids under the bleachers with their pot. Um, it's just like last year's iteration of the bill 374, which was vetoed by Newsom. He cited California's longstanding smoke-free workplace protections, uh, hmm. which he argued would be undermined by the bill. AB yeah. 374 passed through the legislature with strong and bipartisan support with votes of 64 to 9 in favor in the Assembly, 33 to 3 in favor in the Senate. Uh, and then they got the buzzkill from the from the governor. It looks um, like a jewelry store with everything under the glass. Hmm. Oh. I wonder if he cares about PG&E's emissions. Um, Haney <laughs> introduced the original bill to help struggling cannabis dispensaries uh, reinvigorate their businesses by combining on-site on partaking of cannabis with food, coffee, and entertainment that is currently prohibited. Yeah, they're trying to do the right thing, right? Um, these these dispensaries, but they're paying taxes up the woohoo. Um, <laughs> right. And if they're having trouble making ends meet, because there's still people dealing pot illegally. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and in order to compete with that, they need some kind of edge, some kind of uh, advantage, I think, to reward them for paying their taxes and doing uh, doing things the right way. Don't you think? Yeah. Maybe I have a patio. So I mean, and it, I don't know the whole thing with like smoking at work. Like, if you don't want to work there, as long as you're not inside and, you know, it's outside and you and you can opt to, you know, you can like when I worked at a bar, there was a smoking patio, but if you didn't want to work out there, you didn't have to. 
Yeah, right? something needs to change. Something's not working for this cannabis industry. So yeah, to do something differently. You can't always stay at home and get baked. No, you really Although, can't. You know. Um, I'll do this story, last story before the break, because it kind of goes along with having the munchies afterward. Mm. Cookies and candy are the latest victims of climate crisis as sugar prices surge. Yeah. Sugar, the oh, the headline, it says desert prices on the Des rise. Dessert. Yeah. Oh, dessert. Oh, did I spell it wrong? Yeah. My bad. Okay. Oh, I was like, wait, the price of the <laughs> desert's going up? Jesus yeah, Christ, really. inflation. No. Dessert. It's dessert prices. Okay. Yeah, so it's because the cost of sugar has surged to its highest level since 2011 um, after this dry spell in India and a drought in Thailand. And the price hike is already now making its way down to the desserts that we consume. It's been um, the climate crisis I already identified as a threat to coffee and to beer. And now dessert, the global cost of sugar surging to its highest level since 2011. Um, because of this extreme dry spell, and these two countries are the largest exporters of sugar after Brazil, 2023 is expected to widely be confirmed as the hottest year ever recorded after fueling droughts and other extreme weather that affect food yields, including that of sugar. So now we're seeing the price of chocolate and sweets and other desserts rise because of this. As a matter of fact, the prices for sugar and sweets in the U.S. rose by nearly 9% in 2023, and five, it's a 5.6% increase expected this year as well, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And that is well above historical averages. So You know who's going to um, want these prices to come down? Who? The makers of Ozempic. <laughs> well, eat my little pretties. Eat Cadbury, Oreos, Toblerone among these brands are all warning of price increases for their products. So, yeah, they say that it's a straightforward price increase because of the high cost of sugar and cocoa. So, we're going to have to raise the prices. Expect uh, the, but, and you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe things cost more. If the sweets and the chocolates and the this, you know, all the things that we're addicted to or that people you say are that now to, until you go to the store to buy more chocolate. And then you're like, whoa, yeah. All your I vices, you might be tempted. But this is extreme weather affecting food, right? It yes. was avocados a year ago. It's sugar this year. So, yeah. Well, let's take a little breaky break. Why don't we? Um. And then when we come back, we'll talk about horses. You want to talk about horses when we come back? Okay, since you offered. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll do some entertainment news. Did you hear about the vagina dress? No, do I want to? Uh, are we going to be demonetized, Kim? Yeah, we're going to be demonetized. <sighs> and it will Jesus. be worth every second. Trust me. Oh, Jesus Absolutely. Christ. Hey, everybody. It's your friend, Satan. Love me or hate me, the After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you could contribute 10, 15, $20, $666, it would keep this party very, very hot and heavy. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up, isn't that the truth? The PayPal link can be found in the About section, of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. I know what you're thinking, why should I be tempted by the devil, but come on guys, it's not like I'm asking you for your soul. 
<laughs> a party where you don't even have to leave the house. You could be naked for all we care. The After Party, live. Huge, huge thank you to our ongoing contributors, Jim S., Karen K., Harry M., and Susan D. Huge, huge love for you guys. Thank you for supporting us and so much. And Cindy for a $5 Yay. super sticker. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks, all of our supporters. We appreciate you. We honestly right. could not do it without you. Oh, and the horse story was my story, so I, I forgot about I think it. I, did I skip something? I think maybe I, I don't know if I did. But yeah, horse stories. Let's talk about horses. Uh, no, you did the desserts. We're good. Desserts to horses. That's the transition. In the remote towns of Sierra Nevada, a recent spike in bears being struck by cars has raised questions over the coexistence of bears and humans. Are there too many bears or are there too many cars? But just a half hour drive east of Lake Tahoe, another beloved animal is falling victim to speeding vehicles. Horses. Oh, no. Uh -oh. And the cool. horses of Carson Valley near Reno, Nevada are just as wild as the bears. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Yeah, they have a bunch of wild horses there. Oh, currently fact, there are three thousand. Round them up to get rid of them. Yeah. Three thousand five hundred and sixty-seven horses on the Virginia Range, says veterinarian and Nevada Department of Agriculture Director JJ. Oh, come on, Goycoachia. <laughs> That's an unfortunate name. Um, mm. It looks like a STD. The uh, Virginia Range is the easternmost part of the northern Sierra Nevada. Uh, stretching from Carson City to Reno and running for about 40 miles east to west. Wow! While some of the horse populations run through the American uh, that run through the American West descend from horses that were brought during the gold rush in the 1840s and 60s, or the 1870s era land grab a few decades after that, um, the director with the weird name says that not where the Reno area population that's not where the Reno area population came from. As of 1984, there weren't any wild horses in that area, according to records. Uh, the horses now, I like that they're keeping track. The horses now living in the range arrived later in the 1980s and 1990s. Huh. Uh, likely either from being turned out by ranchers or escaping and eventually becoming feral. According to Nevada law, these thousands of wild horses are property of the state, making it yeah. illegal to trap, feed, or interfere with them in any way. Uh, the director uh, estimates that carry the carrying capacity of roughly 2,800 acre Virginia range to be about 500 and 600 horses, making the current population too large by a factor of about five. Aside from the environmental consequences of introducing a non-native species into the food web in such large numbers, there's another issue. Horses are being hit by drivers at an alarming rate. Yikes. The annual number of car horse crashes is reliably several dozen per year, with cases reported to the Nevada Agriculture Department totaling 46 in 2020, 27 in 2021, 24 in 2022, and 42 as of late November 2023. Wow. Uh, those numbers only cover those voluntarily reported cases in the Virginia range, an area that represents only a small fraction of the total wild horse population in the state. Oh. Um, that's, that's sad. Don't you think? Hmm. Yeah, so it really they, is sad. They got to figure out, there. they got to figure out, um, they have different strategies According to the uh, NDA, projects are underway to address two of the underlying issues using various strategies, while a wildlife organization just was just granted $5.4 million to install eco-friendly wildlife crossings over Highway 395. Um, so it's going to be a multi-pronged approach to try to do something about this. Poor mm -hmm. horses. Well, let's talk about cookies. We're back because... to desserts? <laughs> kind of. This, this is not this kind of cookie, but kind of, yeah. You know the cookies that are when you go to a website they say you know accept the cookies or whatever right and it's basically Do you want the a content way... hand over your cookies yeah, exactly they're always shaking well, you down for cookies 
cookies are on the way out. So it's going to be, cookies are going to be eliminated for all Chrome users by the end of 2024. But when the cookies go, they're going to be replaced by something else. This is an initiative Google calls its privacy sandbox. So Google is saying their new initiative will use a variety of application programming interfaces that send anonymized signals stored in a user's Chrome browser to send information to advertisers. The sandbox aims to reduce cross-app tracking while still allowing ads to support the free access to online services. So Basically, Google still wants your information. They just don't want to share it with the people like Facebook, right? And other right. places. So they're going to take away the cookies and they're going to have their own little system for tracking. There you go. Oh, make their own system for tracking. Say goodbye to the cookies. That's oh, it. Oh, looky there. Looky there. Wes with $5. Thank you so much, Wes. Thank you, you so Wes. Totally rock. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Gordon Andrews with a $3 super sticker. <laughs> Thank you, Gordon Andrews. Resist. That's right. What about and, this? Oh. Deborah Deb- B with $10 before <laughs> demonetization. Oh, Thank we're getting so to demonetization, Deborah B. Thank you for that. We need all the help we can get. Chugga, chugga, um, chugga, chugga, chugga. Choo, choo. That's right. We're about to talk about the vagina dress. Let me tell you. So it's rather subtle in a way it's not like a glaring vagina dress did you uh, bring a, a vagina dress to share with the class there's the vaginas all over the dress how many times do you think i can say vagina look at that okay looks like just Wait, this what? white dress right yeah mm-hmm. is that jillian yeah. anderson it is jillian anderson Speaking absolutely and she is in this show called sex education all right. So it okay. kind of is apropos. She was on the red carpet last night in this red strapless carpet. ivory gown, watch out, embroidered with vaginas. She told the reporter from Deadline on the red carpet, it has vaginas on it. She said she wore it for so many reasons. She said it's brand appropriate. She wanted to make sure that it didn't get glossed over. Yeah. You gotta, you know, sometimes you have to make sure you get seen. Um, and it's it is rather vagina-y when you get up close to this dress. So let me take the picture down and show you the video of what she had to say about her lovely vagina dress. Your name? The dress is designed by Gabriella Hurst. Yes. And it has vaginas on Va- it. So female anatomy, can we say? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Why did you choose this? Oh, for so many reasons. What do you think? <laughs> for so many reasons. It's brand appropriate. Very good. I like it. Thank you very much. Take care. <laughs> She looked amazing in her vagina dress. But yeah, it has these kind of like these embossed uh, vaginas all over it is what it looks like. Yeah. I love I love uh, Jillian Anderson. <laughs> I love her voice and uh, I loved her role on the X-Files. If you didn't watch the X-Files, you should go back and watch it. It's really good. Yeah. I mean, it takes a certain kind of bravado on the red carpet to wear a dress embroidered with vaginas all over it well you couldn't really see it unless you pointed it out it's, so i don't it's think it's like, subtle if no if you were close to it you'd you, be like if What's you have on to tell dress? people yeah but if you have mm, to tell people yeah i don't know i don't think it's yeah didn't i, I, I don't think it cost a, it didn't cause you i was gonna say it didn't cause a huge stink um <laughs> what <laughs> i'm gonna stop uh what penis panis next penis uh, pants yeah. that's right 
Well, that let's happens just, unintentionally with sweatpants, right? Let's just get demonetized over and over again. How many times? Yeah. Uh, and Calvin says, I'm going to need a close-up of those vaginas. Mm. Yeah, this I is not going to be our breakout segment. I, tr I tried to do it, um, Calvin, to kind of show a close-up, but because it's white on white, it's really yeah. hard to see. Anything so to get even clicks. if I zoomed in, yeah, it was hard to get. Anything get to a... get clicks, Aussie Rule says, or flicks. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, that dress, it looked beautiful on her. Is she getting, um, no, she has a husband. Vaginas and all. Mm -hmm. It's kids and husband. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> moving on, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jodie Foster. Uh, she is gay, right? Jodie Foster? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Here's your gay content. Jodie Foster says Generation Z can really be <laughs> annoying to work with. Ah, ha, ha. In a Gar Guardian interview, the actor also uh, shares her admiration for Bella Ramsey and says she's challenged her son's behavior towards women. Uh, Jodie Foster says that sometimes she finds Gen Z really annoying, but she hopes she can help budding stars find their own path to help them learn how to relax. In an interview with the Guardian, the actor admitted that she found the attitudes to work um, she had to encounter, the attitudes to work she had encountered difficult to understand. They're really annoying, especially in the workplace. They're like, nah, I'm not feeling it today. I'm going to come in at 1030. Uh, <laughs> or in emails, I'll tell them, this is all grammatically incorrect. Did you not check your spelling? And they're like, why would I do that? That's kind of limiting. Foster oh, wow. has arguably earned the right to tell it how she sees it by the time she was nominated for an Oscar for a depiction of a victim of child sexual abuse in Martin Scorsese's 1976 film Taxi Driver at the age of 14. She had made more movies than the director had. Interesting. After making films for more than five decades, helping young female act actors navigate the often difficult water she has already sailed was important to her. Asked what she thought young people in the industry needed to hear, she said they need to learn how to relax, how to not think about it so much, how to come up with something that's theirs. I can help them with that which is much more fun than being with all the pressure behind it, the protagonist of the story. Um, in the interview, she revealed that she had made a particular effort to get in touch with Bella Ramsey, the 20-year-old non-binary actor. Uh, I didn't know she was non-binary. Uh, mm -hmm. Learned something every day on the after party. Who starred in The Last of Us and played the role of the young noble noblewoman Lyanna Mormont in The Game of Thrones. I think you remember that. At yeah. Foster's request, the pair met at the L magazine Women in Hollywood Celebration in November. She reached out to her because we'd never met. I want to introduce. Uh, I want you to introduce me at this thing, which was a, a wonderful event about actors and people in the movie, in the movies. But it's also very much a fashion thing, which means it's determining who represents us. Foster said the events organizers were very proud of themselves because they got every ethnicity. And I'm like, yeah, but all the attendees were still wearing heels and eyelashes. Um, she said Ramsey was a good example of an actor emerging in a new vector of authenticity. Bella, who gave the speech, was wearing the most perfect suit, beautifully tailored, and um, and a middle parting with no makeup. Um, she revealed how she had also challenged pervading gender stereotypes in her own family, talking about raising her children, whom she had with her former partner, Cindy Bernard, and now raises with her wife, Alexandra Hedison. She said, there was a moment with my older one when he was in high school when, because he was raised by two women, three women, it was like he was trying to figure out what it was like to be a boy. And he watched television and came to the conclusion, oh, I need to act like an a-hole. Uh, I understand. I need to be uh, S-word to women and act like I'm a F-word. And I was like, no, that's not what it's like to be a man. That's what our culture has been selling you all this time. Yeah. So that's interesting. interesting. I like that the, uh, that the the show that they went to was like checking off the boxes to get every ethnicity. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? They're like, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> We're politically correct now.
So we reported on this story before, and now we have an update where a Los Angeles judge is denying Cher's request for conservatorship to control the finances of her son. His name is Elijah Blue Allman. The judge said the singer's attorneys didn't give Allman and his lawyers the necessary documents to give them enough time to make their case. So they've scheduled another hearing for later this month. Well, only if if only they could turn back time. If only indeed. <laughs> well, they're they're worried. Cher is worried that um, oh, oh, no. her, her son is unable to manage his own financial resources because of severe mental health and substance abuse issues. Right. And she is worried that he is going to spend his entire trust fund money on right. drugs Parting that will be drugs, putting yeah. his life at risk. Yeah. So, yeah. She's mama bird, mama bear. Here. The trust fund is from his dad, Greg Allman, who died in 2017, and she thinks he's just going to run through it, buying drugs, drugs, drugs. So um, the judge said he's not persuaded by Cher's argument, um, citing Cher's attorney's unwillingness to share m- material with Allman's attorneys. And Cher's lawyers said they had confidentiality concerns, and they shared the documents with Allman's court-appointed lawyer. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. She thinks she's looking out for his best interest here. I'm sure she is. Yeah. I don't think Cher would try to control him if, uh, you know, control the situation if it wasn't, uh, if she didn't fear for his life. Um, A dietitian says don't waste money on multivitamins, even if your diet isn't super healthy. About half of U.S. adults take multivitamin. Do you? Uh Uh-uh. No. I have a bottle that I bought a long time ago. I don't know why. And uh, maybe I felt sick or something like that. And then I'll only take them, like, if I'm feeling run down. Mm-hmm. Like, very randomly. They're probably expired by now. Dr. Um, Dina, the only time I yeah, took I was vitamins say that. was prenatal vitamins. And I remember Dr. Dean Adele saying, it's all snake oil. Like, if you can have enough in your diet, like yeah. enough of the right things in your diet, you won't need any of this. Well, and he was motivated to say that because his family actually made, like, millions of dollars off selling vitamins. Mm. right and he said that it was bs um and that you you pee out most of what you take in um wow if you find that you're one of them it might be time to reconsider that old habit there's solid evidence to support that they're largely useless so much of the hype is uh really just good marketing and public relations as a dietitian uh, this author says she'll explain uh, why vitamins uh, multivitamins are not a top choice for people most people see the word multi and multivitamin just assume that the supplement has everything they need the reality is there's no clear-cut way to define a multivitamin as nutri- uh, nutrient amounts vary depending on the product. They can come in uh, the form of pills, gummies, powders, and even liquids. Most products say to take only one multivitamin a day, but always read the label for your specific brand. Uh, generally speaking, multivitamins provide most of the essential vitamins and minerals that we need. However, people could ob- obtain these nutrients, as you said, through food. While some small studies have shown that multivitamins can provide ser- certain boosts, such as improving memory, an overwhelming majority of research suggests that they're that they hardly do anything at all. A recent review from the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, or USPSTF, uh, not to be confused with the USPS, analyzed research from 84 studies. That's a lot of studies, and almost 700,000 people, and found that the supplements had little to no benefit for the prevention of major illnesses like cancer and heart disease. In other words, a multivitamin isn't likely to make or break your health, and it might be better just to save your money. Um, one thing to keep in mind, in my case, uh, I was vitamin D deficient. I wasn't getting enough sun living here in San Francisco. And then when they did the test, they said, oh, yeah, you're, you're low. And, and he said, 
my doctor told me that most people are vitamin D deficient. So if you oh, never wow. get tested for that, or if you're concerned, you might it might be beneficial to take vitamin D. So I think it really depends on your situation, case by case, mm-hmm. you know, scenario. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I would agree with that. Thank you. Um, Walter says, I drink a lot of V8. There you go. Uh, make sure you get the, I, I would recommend getting the, like the low low salt V8 because there's a lot of salt in V8. Let's talk about the moon. The moon's resources. See, here's what we do. First, we wreck the Earth. And then we look at other other um, planets nearby, moons, what, what have you, and think, how right. can we wreck that too? Sciences, drill, science baby, drill. and business are heading for an astronomical clash. And it's all over the future exploration of the moon and the exploration of its resources. So the there are companies. Wait, does the moon have oil? We don't know that, do we? We don't. <laughs> um, but dozens of companies are going to launch dozens of probes to survey the lunar landscape over the next few years. One this week, the Peregrine mission, is set for launch. The aim of this extraterrestrial armada, according to The Guardian, is largely funded through NASA's $2.6 billion commercial lunar payload service. What they want to do is survey the moon so minerals, water, and other resources can be extracted from it to build a permanent habitable base there. This would then later provide the springboard for manned missions to Mars. But astronomers are warning unrestricted rushes to exploit the moon could cause irreparable damage to the precious scientific sites there. There's gravitational wave research, black hole observations, studies to pinpoint life on tiny worlds that orbit, orbit distant stars, and other research. And they worry that if we let people go up there and basically plunder the moon, this could all be jeopardized. And it is now an urgent issue, according to the Center for Astrophysics, Harvard and Smithsonian, they say we need to act now because decisions made today will set the tone for future behavior on the moon. I was looking at what this um, Peregrine mission, they're going to bring a bunch of um, of things, of weird things to the moon, including the ashes of former like Gene Roddenberry and stuff and people that were in Star Trek. One of the things they're also doing is bringing a physical Bitcoin to the moon to bury it. And they say they're doing it so that future generations of humans will uncover it. I look at that as leaving our trash on the moon. Why would we put something like that up there? Ridiculous. So um, I guess other astronomers are saying, we're trying not to block the building of these lunar bases, but there's only a handful of promising sites there. Some of these are incredibly precious scientifically, so we need to be very careful about where we build our mines and our bases. Interesting that we're going up there to build things already. So Yeah, we don't want to like, we don't want to piss off the Martians because then we might have like Martian exactly. terrorism. You know, we don't they'll want be like, that. They'll be like, get out of our land. You're only here for the oil, you know. No. Um, <laughs> next up, Santa Claus stuff is on sale. Hey, look at that. That's right. Home Depot is basically giving away Christmas inflatables at 75% off. Get that right nine now? foot. Well, get that nine foot Santa that you've always wanted for less than $20. They're saying like mm. basically giving it away. Um, you know with the holiday I want? season. I want, yeah. the, I want the, the like the huge Olaf snowman. Where are you going to store it? 
Well, they, they fold up. I mean, once they don't have the air in them, they're, they kind of are compact. You can roll it right up. You got the room. Uh, with the holiday season behind us, now is the best time of year to score huge savings on seasonal decorations that you can sock away until next Christmas. I always do that with like wrapping paper. Yeah. Right? Uh, as retailers across the country look to empty their shelves of holiday items to make room for the next holiday uh, and spring season, you can find the best prices of the year. At Home Depot, for example, you can save 75% on Christmas decor right now, including yard inflatables, um, everything from an abdominal snow monster that may be taller than your... Abominable or abdominal? Uh, abominable. Abominable. Ab- abominable. Yeah. Abominable. <laughs> or abdominal. Abdominal snow monster. He's ripped. He's like ripped. Uh, he's hot. That may be taller. Yeah, that's why he's melting. Maybe uh, taller than, than you. Uh, and he's tall, too. Or a more modest-sized dog pooping out of a present. Oh, really? Popping. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, are included in the sale with many <laughs> dipping. Oh, it says popping out of a present. Yeah, oh, that's I, what the picture. I, the parent. I don't think I had enough picture, coffee today. I'm like, wait, a dog like pooping popping. out of a present? I mean, like, that's being be, sold. He could be pooping in there. That's I don't being know. sold at Home Depot. Wow, Home Depot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see the pooping one now. Though. Says here, be sure to check the inventory at all stores. I'm just trying to drive people to to Home Depot. <laughs> Um, with this Home Depot sale at Christmas Inflatables, you can get everything you need for the next winter holiday season. Um, so anyway, uh, 75% off. Uh, full disclosure, yeah. I have, I have stock in Home Depot. I have stock in Home Depot. Oh, so well, these are expensive Got to do that items, CNBC though. thing where they tell you, like if somebody's on CNBC, they have to disclose sure. if they own stock. stock and everything. Well, and I'm selective. But the, it's mm-hmm. funny on CNBC because if they have a guest on, they have to list if they have stock in the company they're talking about mm-hmm. and they have to list if they have family with stock. In that, oh, in that company, everybody. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, as we spend money at the Home Depot, we are whittling Please. it away from other places. More people are canceling their streaming subscriptions. Oh, streaming no. services have increased costs throughout 2023. Couple bucks here, couple bucks there. They're increasing the prices all over the place. And so subscriber cancellations were up in November compared to 2022. Lower priced ad supported tiers are being introduced. Right. Do we want them or do we just want to cancel? My sister the whole said thing? that she's going to cancel Amazon Prime because of um, not just the fact that they're charging the $3. Mm-hmm. She's like, we're already paying you. We're already paying was 120 bucks a year. Right. Um, but the shipping is not being delivered as promised. No. Have, have you had the, uh, do you use Amazon? Yeah. And sometimes you have to really watch because it's not always that you get free shipping. Sometimes right. Well, they say two days, but then a lot mm-hmm. of times what happens, it'll say like, it'll arrive on Monday. And then as soon as you add it to your cart and then hit buy, it changes to Tuesday immediately. <laughs> right. That's fraudulent because if the computer knew two seconds later that it wasn't going to show up till Tuesday. Right. Mm. That's not cool. So that's been happening. Uh, something just didn't get delivered. It was supposed to be like next day. She paid for that and it didn't show up and she's just tired of the, the, the you know, I think people are going to reach a breaking point, all these well, prices. I'm already reaching my breaking point with all these different streaming services. Can uh, Customer cancellations on major streaming platforms rose 6.3% in November from 5.1% the year prior, that according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, they're looking at the this data from Antenna, which is a subscription analytics provider. 
And that's because they think of all these price hikes with the subscription services. Amazon Prime, as you mentioned, John, is moving ahead with plans to introduce advertisements to its content unless users pay an additional fee of three bucks a month. Netflix increased the price of its basic and premium tiers by $2 earlier this fall. People who use Peacock, Paramount Plus, Hulu, and Apple TV also saw the price increase in 2023. These companies have been trying a range of tactics to boost revenues, including lowering price options that include advertising. So Netflix said uh, in a shareholder letter earlier this year, 30% of its incoming subscribers are opting for its $7 plan with commercials. That is growth that is uh, likely to attract more spending from advertisers. So that's where they're going to be making their money, more from advertisers, less from us. I don't know. Wow. Um, Amazon Private, what did you say, $150 a year now? ST Lilla since $150 now. So I thought that's, it was $120, but it's $150. I mean, I, yeah, I, I could see being upset about that. It's like, wait, we we're paying not to have these ads, and all of a sudden now you want us to pay. Now you want us to pay more for the ads. And when they try to, you know, it's you think it's $2, $3 more a year on one service. But when they try to do it on every service, and then the price of PG&E is going up. And I already told you the price of sugar is going up. Got to give somewhere, yeah. people. We have a breaking news story I put there in the private chat if you want to click on it. Okay. Um, I, I think news sounds that. better when Kim delivers it. Mm, better than when okay. I deliver it. Because, you know, I might say that have? the dog is pooping when the dog's actually popping. <laughs> okay so yeah oh united is finding loose bolts on its 737 max 9's planes what happened is you saw the story where uh the the door plug flew out of a plane yeah. mid-flight and that has really prompted uh an extra once over of all these max 9 planes and so during the inspections of its 737 MAX 9 fleet after the door plug blew out, United says they have found loose bolts. Now, they're not saying how many planes have had loose bolts. Yeah, this is my first thought. It's like, wait, you just found them now because you looked closer? Aren't you right. supposed to be looking for loose bolts all the time, United? Well, these are planes that are relatively new. You would think they would be delivered fully screwed together. You know, I mean. Yeah, but you still a have to inspect the plane every time. They say since the, we began preliminary inspections on Saturday, we have found instances that appear to be relate to installation issues in the door plug. For example, bolts that need additional tightening. These findings will be remedied by our tech ops team to safely return the aircraft to service. The FAA is grounded. It's not supposed to be like IKEA. Not supposed to like you to put, put it, it together, together yourself. yourself. That's what I'm saying. Like, come on, who would who would look inside the plane at the bolts on the door plug? The FAA is grounding all 737 MAX 9s after this Alaska Airlines incident. They say their first priority is keeping the flying public safe. So they've grounded the affected planes and they will remain okay. grounded until the FAA is satisfied that they are safe. According to United, due to emergency inspections, it had to cancel 200 MAX 9 flights on Monday. That's today. And they expect significant cancellations tomorrow as well because of what they found. Yeah. What's the thing? Wow. The loose bolts are behind the wall panels, John. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Wild. Yeah. I, the 737 Max, like the eight and the nine, the, the eight, was it the eight was the plane like that went down in Indonesia because of the automatic um, nose 
dive software kept on pulling the nose and they didn't they weren't trained that first flight in indonesia they didn't even know the airline boeing or the airline didn't even tell the pilots that there was this automated system and then you think after that happened and everybody died mm -hmm. that other flight was it in nigeria or somewhere in somewhere in um in africa where the same issue happened and they didn't know how to disable the thing and the plane so the 737 and the, and the whole design of the 737 i'm i think the eight and the nine are like similar design is that they made the plane purposely front heavy like they move the engines closer to the front so it's not like stable and then they use the software to automatically balance right that seems like a really bad design yeah right we're going to purposely going make the plane unstable you know and then have the software counteract that mm -mm -mm. that's a recipe for disaster yeah you wonder who's you know after so many years of success who's screwing up over there What's and now they're not on? bolting they're not bolting the planes properly mm -mm. walter's saying gorilla glue that was scary well is it over already look at that yeah wow. i wasn't ready for it to be over i enjoy hanging out with you so much john bailey oh that almost sounded true it's it is true actually Aww. and i enjoy spending Aww. time with everybody here why did you think that's not true? Oh my God. Um, thank you to our ongoing contributors, Jim S, Karen K, Harry M, and Susan D. You are so appreciated. Yeah, Cindy for $5 with a super sticker, Wes for a $5 super sticker, Gordon for a $3 super sticker, and Deborah B for a $10 super sticker. Thank you guys for helping support the show. We'll be back at it again tomorrow here on the After Party Live. Until then, have a great afternoon, everybody. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.